Gentlemen and ladies, this is your captain, Ayobami Barton speaking. And to get something done, you've got to do it yourself. And we have to come out in flying colors as this is our last lap. Kabesh? Kabesh. So, good afternoon. Today we look at PCP 506 with signs and control. Firstly, what is weed? Weed vary depending on effects that weed have on food production, recreational activities, and other values of human life. Generally, it is the undesirability or unwanted aspect of those plants which have nuisance values that make them weed. <clears throat> because they are undesired, they are not wanted, so anywhere we see them, they are just like constituting nuisance to the environment and <clears throat> that brings us to some of the widely used definition of weed according to Blatchley in 1912 a plant out of place or growing where it is not wanted according to Thomas in 1956 a useless undesirable and often very unsightly plant of wild growth usually found in land which has been cultivated or in areas developed by man for specific purpose other than cultivation. And lastly, a generally unwanted organism that thrives in habitats disturbed by man. All of these are some widely used definition of weed. When we talk about weed, we cannot neglect its characteristics. One of the characteristics of weeds is that they are harmful to humans, animals, and even crop. For example, the pod of Mukuna purians may contain poisonous alkaloids. Mukuna purians basically where it be, as Yoruba people know it as. Some amaranthal species contain high level of nitrate and Nitrate is quite a toxin to animals and humans. And striga species are parasitic on crop. The witch weed, the common name for striga species is the witch weed, and it is parasitic on crop. It kills crop. Another characteristic we can't remove is the persistence and resistance to control or eradicate. Weeds normally they have diverse forms of propagules such as seeds and tuber or rhizomes. Some examples like Cyperus rotundus and Cyperus um, esculentus, they combine a well-developed tuber with moderate production of viable seed. Also Imperata cylindrica or Bryophyllum pinatum. All of these have strong persistence and resistance. And trying to control or eradicate this is very strenuous. Another characteristic weeds have is wild and rank growth. They tend to grow rapidly, branch or tiller profusely, and cover extensive area, like the red boiler, cochichinensis, andropogon species, probably like the andropogon guyana, and chromolena odata. All of this is just saying that weed have wild and rank growth like 
if you want to set um parkour and body normal crops they are body but weeds they are parkour and another characteristic is they have high reproductive capacity many animal weeds have um, the ability to produce large quantity of seeds and some of the examples we have are Bidens pilosa, Amaranthus spinosus, Agoratum conizoides, Striga asiastica, Striga emonthica, and all of these have the seeds per plant that they produce in thousands. One of their characteristics is seed dormancy, which we will still talk about as it is a kind of survival mechanism. Condition where seed fails to germinate in the presence of environmental conditions that are optimal for seed germination is seed dormancy. And the seed of many weed species exhibit varying form of dormancy. Dormancy characteristics are survival mechanism, like I said earlier, and they ensure that weed seeds do not all germinate at once during their first period in which environmental conditions are favorable. Rather, only certain percentage of viable seeds remain dormant and are able to germinate at later dates, often in several succeeding seasons. They also have they also grow in undesirable location. They have the ability to grow anywhere. Consequently, weed are not just found only in cultivated field. You can find find them in tennis courts or other recreational sites and they are known to grow through cracks in concrete or pavement. And another characteristic is humans find weed useless, unwanted, and undesirable. And many weeds show these attributes with their morphological features, such as thorns, which makes them objectionable, like rejected. Weed also grow in large population. They grow densely around the economic crop and they lead to overcrowding. And many annual weeds of large population, like Biden's pilosa, I gave some example the other time. Weeds such as these are able to compete with crop because of their numerical superiority that the weeds have over the crop, which they are associated. They also have spontaneous growth appearing without being sown. They are also aggressive and they are they have uns, they are unsightly, like they are not pleasant to see. They are not fine. Or fine. <coughs> so for example, weeds are not fine, it's like penicetum. No single weed species possess all the characteristics that has been described so far. Some of the weeds that appear to have combined many of these characteristics are Cynodon dactylon, Cyperus esculentus, Imperata cylindrica, Penicetum. And the thing is, majorly, you just need to know about five to six characteristics of weed, and you're good to go. In 1981, Bartra suggested that an ideal weed should have characteristics that include ugliness, no wildlife value, numerous and easily dispersed seeds, unpalatability, spinniness, allergenicity, 
toxicity, rapid vegetative growth. Now, <coughs> we have said there are characteristics and weeds seem to be bad people or bad uh, set of living entity. Now, let's look at economic importance of weed. Is it that they cause direct losses or they cause indirect losses? <clears throat> and direct losses are weed reduce crop yield by interfering with crop growth. And this interference includes the competition with crop for nutrients, light, and water. It also includes introduction of chemicals into the soil that will adversely affect growth of crop plants which is a phenomenon called allelopathy. Yield reduction caused by weed could be as high as 40% in maize, 90% in upland rice, 54% in lowland transplanted rice, 65% in lowland direct seed rice. Nobody will ask you all of this, but what you should just majorly know is that economic importance of weed, direct losses caused by weed, and under that, we have weed reducing crop yield by interfering with crop growth. If you're asked to explain, you can explain competition with lights, nutrients, and water. You can explain allelopathy. You can explain the level of weed infestation. That could also depend on weed pressure, availability of improved weed control technology, cost of weed control, and all of that. Secondly, weed reduce the quality of harvested agricultural produce and <clears throat> the presence of weed can also reduce the quality of forage or make them unpalatable seeds of such weeds uh, can cause physical injuries to animals weed also interfere with harvesting operation and increased cost of harvesting in both small and large scale farmers weed may poison animals the cost of weed control is high. All of these are direct losses that weed causes to the economy. That's why we say economic importance. And the presence of weed can impede water flow in irrigation canal, which is an additional cost of maintaining a canal weed-free uh, irrigation system. The presence of weed in lakes and reservoirs can increase loss of water by transpiration. The presence of weed can also reduce economic value of lake by preventing or limiting fishing activities. At the end of the day, causing what we know as eutrophication, where aquatic life have limited supply of oxygen. What are now the indirect losses caused by weed? Weed serve as alternative host for many plant diseases and animal pests like insects, rodents, and birds. The presence of weed imposes a limit on farm size as well. Farmers generally cultivate area they know that they can keep weed free, which will definitely have um, a result by the end of the farming here. The presence of weed can reduce economic value of lakes, preventing or limiting fishing activities. Weeds like Imperator, Cylindrica, Anthropogon species, they become fire hazards in dry season, exposing soil to erosion hazard. Some weed can cause green rashes, 
and uh, we'd impair visibility along roads and railway lines. The cost of keeping telephone and power line free from weed is actually much. Uncontrolled weed growth also reduces the value of real estate. So we have to keep weed free around estates. And in country that depends heavily on human labor for weeding, children often have to miss school at peak weeding period, thus reducing the quality of education that the children can get during their formative stage. All of this wildlife is caused by weed. And on the next segment, we'll be looking at the beneficial effects of weed. Stay with us. Welcome back. This is um, just the second segment. And this is quite bulky as well. So the beneficial effects of weed. Weed provides a vegetative cover that protects the soil. The soil is a natural environmental resource that is crucial to agricultural production. Weeds play an important role in nutrient recycling. So roots of weeds tap nutrients from very low depth and return this to the soil surface as litter when the weeds shed their leaves or when the entire plant dies and decays. Weed also add organic matter to the soil, both from roots and from above ground part. Many plants designated as weeds are used as pot herbs. Buri talinum triangular is a valuable vegetable in western Nigeria. Is there eastern Nigeria? Where? I don't know. The succulent pseudostems of tillers of the perennial weed, like Penicetum purpureum, is a very much vegetable in the part of eastern Nigeria. Okay, there's eastern Nigeria now, where these tillers are considered a delicacy. I think I understand the concept. Many other weeds are used directly as food, as food by humans. The range varies from one culture, human culture to another. Weed also plays an important role as a source of drug used in public health, as many weeds are still used straight from the bush as component of medicinal concussion. Weeds are sources of pesticides like the Chrysanthemum seneframifolum, which provides the insecticide pyrethenins. You people should know how to spell it though. Weeds provide food and cover for animals. Wildlife in developing countries depend almost entirely on weed as a source of shelter. And our domesticated animals such as sheep, goats, cattle, and rabbits also depend on weeds to, weeds to their great extent of survival. Weeds serve as hosts for beneficial insects and at the same time provide nectar for bees. Many weed species help to beautify the landscape, like Cynodon dactylon. Weeds also have a source of genetic material for crop improvement through the years. Crop improvements such as breeding for resistance to many insect pests and plant diseases have been made possible by genetic materials provided by wild species of the crop plants. Now I've listed about 10 
and what you basically need is five to six a schedule along of it. They're asking us ten in the exam. Then when you shine your eye, classification of weeds. Weeds are classified in several ways that include life cycle, habitat, growth habit, degree of undesirability, or nauseousness, which means harmfulness, and by taxonomy or scientific classification. Now, based on life cycle history, we can have annual weeds or perennial weeds that's based on life cycle and the annual weeds are those weeds that need to complete their life cycle from seed germination to seed production in one or two growing season in a calendar year. Such weed dies off during the dry season, alter completing their life cycle. And some of the examples are the Amaranthus pinosus and the Rottweiler cochichinensis. Some of the characteristics of this annual weed is that they have high level of prolificity, which means they produce, like they are very, very productive. They have the ability to produce large quantity of seed, like the Amaranthus pinosus can produce about 235,000 seeds per plant. They have tendency to occur in high density, efficient method of seed dispersal, and seed dormancy that prevents all seeds produced by weed in one year from germinating at once. Perennial weeds, on the other hand, they stay alive for more than one calendar year in spite of producing seeds in the growing season preceding a dry season. They may or may not produce seeds at any stage of their growth cycle, but they have the capacity to survive in the dry season with the aid of specialized perennating structures. And some of the examples are Imperator cylindrica, Cynodon dactylon, Panicum maximum, our usual Gure talinum triangulare, and Bryophyllum pinatum. Many of these perennial uh, weeds um, produce seeds that also have perennating propagules, like they can last for more than one calendar year and survive the dry season. Others such as Bryophyllum pinatum have perennating structure that are so well developed that the weeds now have a much reduced dependence on seed production for maintaining genetic line. Characteristics of perennial weeds they resist attempt to eradicate them by manifesting special adaptation for weediness. They have longevity of rhizomes and stolons. The presence of deep roots that makes it difficult to destroy the weed by just tillage. And presence of buds that can sprout from the basal portion of the stem or below ground level. Succulent stems that easily root and grow vegetatively when they are cut into segments during all within our cultivation. And other perennials have either have leaf bulbules or are woody root sprouter, which are not killed by simply cutting them down. So the bad get look out to much more Some perennials combine this persistence quality with other features such as thorns. Some annual may behave as perennial weed. An example of that is the Digitaria horizontalis, which usually root at lower nodes 
will die off and at the end of the rain but given enough moisture this weed will behave as a perennial one the same is true of other weeds like the heliocene indica rainfall and its distribution impose severe tests on which weeds are true animals and which weeds have as perennials classification based on habitat we have classified based on life cycle we said the annual and we've also said the perennial and we've listed their characteristics or why they are like that now classification based on habitat some weeds are aquatic some are arable crop weeds some are weeds of plantation crops and some are upland weeds and this is due to where they are found the upland weeds are like the tridax procumbent the aquatic weed is the Kailinga bulosa. The arable crop weed is the Amaranthus spinosus or the Digitaria cilaris. And the weeds of plantation crop are Paspalum conjugatum or Chromolina odorata. Don't be scared about these names, but I think it's basically you should just know important ones. If you want to look at classification based on growing habits, some weeds are autotrophic, they are free living, and some weeds are parasitic. The autotrophic are the ones that they are living is independent as they live as independent org- organisms and they manufacture their food on their own through photosynthesis. But parasitic weeds are those that grow on living tissue of other plants and derive their food, water, minerals from the plant they grow on. Like this trigger species and the electra species this trigger is known as witch weed and they are parasitic weed and classification based on their degree of undesirability and even nauseousness nauseousness is a measure of both the undesirability of the weed and difficulty in controlling it nauseous weed normally connotes difficult to control like the witch weed age you are easier to control and classification based on morphology morphology difference exists among various weeds and this can be used to classify them weeds may be classified as monocotyledon or dicotyledon depending on their narrow leaf or broad leaf weeds we also classify them majorly using scientific classification the binomial nomenclature that involves the genus and species, which is the standard method of plant nomenclature used by scientists. This system was introduced by Linus and uses two part binomial system. The first being the generic name, which is the genus, and the second being the specific name, which is the species. So <clears throat> we move straight down to the principle of weed ecology and Join us in the next segment for that. This is quite bulky, but we don't have a choice. Hey, yo, welcome. Um, steady, steady, lesser, lesser. Let's go. Principle of weed ecology. What is ecology? Ecology is concerned with the reciprocal relationship between an organism and its environment. Weed ecology is now concerned with the growth characteristics, adaptation, and survival mechanisms of weed that enables them to exploit neighboring plants, the environment. The study of weed ecology is important in order to understand 
weed crop interaction and why weed are such successful colonizers. What is an habitat? It's a place where an organism or group of organisms live. And habitats can range from rubbish dump to farmland and other sites colonized by weeds. Weeds are just varied in their habitat requirements as crop plants. Some are very site specific, others will thrive over a wide range of habitats. And many of these weed species closely associated with cultivated crop have requirements very similar to those of crop. Those species quickly become minor occupants of a particular site when human stops growing their crop there. Those with broad habitat adaptation persist on the site in the absence of even cropping activities. So what is the persistence and survival mechanism of weed? Weed are are able to survive in um, in the face of many obstacles. And this obstacle includes natural selection pressure, as well as tillage, crop husband practices routinely to minimize weed competitions. Persistence as it applies to weed is a measure of the adaptive potential of weed that enables it to survive in disturbed habitats. Many of the adaptive features of survival mechanism of annual weeds include ability to produce large quantity of seed, seed dormancy, periodicity of seeds germination, short lifespan, deep protein system, dormancy characteristics of board rhizomes. Let's move to weed crop ecosystem. Once a group of weed are successfully established in a site, a community of plant species together with other organisms including animals begin to share the natural resource of that site. This community of organisms has an organizational level and form a food chain. The energy-driven complex involving all organisms together with the environment that they share is known as what we call ecosystem. So weed science is concerned with the study of weed crop ecosystem that is aimed at understanding the weed crop interaction as well as nature and functions of that ecosystem. And this will help us understand the impact of crop production and husbandry practices on shifting weed flora, particularly the persistence in some weeds in given crop weed crop system. It is important that weed control should therefore be aimed at understanding biology of weeds that combine this agriculture, discovering their survival mechanism and relating these findings to crop production practices imposed in the system by humans. In order to control weeds, humans have continued to make adjustments in crop density, spacing, crop plant architecture, and duration of growth period. We move to what we call crop mimicry. And this is a phenomenon in which the weed develop a very close resemblance to some phases of the life history of a crop as to be mistaken for the crop so as to evade eradication. And there are three types that may be identified. Vegetative mimicry, seed mimicry, and biochemical mimicry. Weeds that mimic crop are more difficult to control than those that do not. Examples of vegetative mimicry, which means they look exactly like what the plants looks like. Uh, seedlings of perennial white rice, Oryza longi staminata, 
they look like rice plant and they are found in cultivated rice and wild sorghum sorghum halepens seedlings they are also found where sorghum is cultivated and like that like that then seed mimicry is, is exhibited by seeds of each grass for example rub boil acochigenesis mimics the seeds of rice what are the factors affecting weed persistence number one is climate the major climatic factors are light temperature water and wind then we have the edaphic factor which is basically the soil we have the biotic factor we have light and light can be classified into three we have intensity of the light the quality of the light and the duration of the light and all of this affects the growth reproduction and distribution of weed and photo period governs flowering and consequently affects latitudinal distribution of weed and evolution of the ecotype of a given species light exclusion favors shade tolerant weed species in plantation crop temperature soil and air temperature affect seed germination and dormancy water the seasonal distribution of water affects weed species distribution and shortage of water at a critical time in life cycle of weed may affect their production if the water shortage becomes a recurrent event the survival of some weed species may be threatened wind velocity frequencies and direction restricts the occurrence of all plants including weeds in addition wind stabilizes wind stabilizes oxygen and carbon dioxide distribution that also affects transpiration losses edaphic factor like the soil soil water soil erosion soil ph soil temperature soil fertility some weed species can tolerate alkaline soils and others like carpet grass can tolerate water logging. Biotic factors like plant and animals, browsing animals and feeding by birds, insects like termites. So join us in the next segment as we move into the reproduction in weed. Stay with us. Reproduction in weeds. I cannot say that one, Yoruba. Thank you. Reproduction in weeds, there are four processes seed production, one, seed dissemination, two, seed germination, three, and vegetative reproduction. And the importance of the first one, the weed seed production, is weed survive seasons of adverse weather through seed production. And most seeds, particularly annuals, maintain their genetically heritable traits through seed production. The long-lived species tend to produce fewer seeds than the short-lived species that face more environmental hazards. Weed seed production enhances the spread of weed species. It enhances dispersal. Weed seed provide temporary source of food for the embryo. 
serves as protection during uh, conditions that are unfavorable. The seeds are therefore the seeds therefore play important roles in survival and multiplication of weed seed. And <clears throat> weed seed are continuously added to agricultural land during each cropping cycle. The quantity of seed produced by a given weed species in a growing season influences the richness of that species in a given habitat. All of this is still under weed seed. Then we talk about seed rain. Mature weed shed their seeds on agricultural land and thus adds to the population of weed seed in the soil. This new and periodic weed seed supply is called seed rain. When mature weed, weed shed their seed on agricultural land, adds to the pollution of the weed seeds in the soil. I mean, the population of the weed seeds in the soil. Then this phenomenon is described as seed rain. Then we have also what we call the seed bank. This consists of seed produced in a given area plus weed seeds that have migrated to the area, the indigenous ones and the foreigners as a result of action of various agents of seed dissemination. Seed in seed banks always exceed those that germinate because of difference in dormancy characteristics of all weed seed in a seed bank. Annual weed generally produce larger quantity of seeds. Various study in the tropics shows that seed production by annual weed ranges from 3,000 seeds per plant to over 200,000 seeds per plant. So we talk about seed dispersal. Weed seeds are dispersed in space and time. And seed dispersal in space involves the physical environment of seeds from one place to another. While dispersal in time refers to as the capacity of many weeds to remain in dormancy stage for a period of time. Dispersal in space. Seeds have special adaptation that predisposes them to dispersal by particular agents. Natural agents of dispersal of weeds are water and wind. Animals to humans and agricultural implements can also disperse through space. Dispersal in time, weed seed exhibits periodicity in germination, and this periodicity implies the tendency of weed seed to have germination flushes. Grasses normally germinate early, while broadleaf germinates later in the season in Nigeria. Then the third, we have talked about seed production, we have talked about seed dissemination, now we are talking about seed germination. And several stages are involved in weed seed germination. Germination includes all the biochemical and physiological processes that culminate in the emergence of ridicule and plumo. Underground elongation, emergence, and independent growth. And some of the factors affecting weed seed germination are temperature, soil moisture, alternate melting and drying of the soil, depth of seed berries, disturbance of soil surface, aeration, light, and the nitrate level in the soil. Then the fourth and last process is vegetative reproduction. And many perennial weeds reproduce vegetatively through their stolons or runners, that's one, their rhizomes, that's two, their tubers, 
three, their bulbs, four, their bulbules, five, the stem, six. Now, stolons or runners. This slender stem develops from shoots that run along the soil surface. The mature portion of this stem usually roots at the nodes and may produce shoots intermittently at the nodes. We that have stolon are difficult to control mechanically. Rhizomes. Rhizomes are underground stems that grow more or less horizontally below the soil surface like the imperator cylindrical. And weeds with rhizome are difficult to control by any known method. Tubers. These are specially stems where the based internodes have become compressed to serve as food storage organs. And we have the bulbs. These are short specialized underground stems, usually very small and is surrounded by fleshy modified leaf bases that serve as food storage organs as well. Then we have the bulbies. These are auxiliary bulb stems found on leaf margins and other parts of the shoot. Then we have the stem. Some weed have succulent stem that serve as perennial structure. Fragmentation of this stem during hand or mechanical weeding helps to even spread it like the talinum triangular or the comelina bengalensis or potulaca oleraceae. Join us in the next segment for information about aquatic weeds. Konisu Ashiu. Welcome back, and we'll be looking at aquatic weeds. And they are simply plants that grow in free water or at least tolerate water condition for a substantial period of their growth. And we classify these aquatic weeds to the floating species, the emergent species, the submerged species, algae. The floating species are aquatic weeds that float on water surface, either singly or in rosette. I said what? In rosette. R-O-S-E-T-T-E. They are not attached to the soil. And a common example is the Iconia crassipus. Then we have the emergent species that are rooted in the soil. They grow in situations where water level is about half maximum height of the plant. And they are generally large or erect plants. They usually have narrow leaves or others are similar to broadleaf plants. Most common example are water planting and water lilies. The submerged species are the ones that are rooted in the soil with their top entirely or almost underwater. Example are bondweed. Then we have the algae, commonly found on stagnant water drainage, canals and pond. Most common examples are green algae, the blue-green algae. They form uniform layer in water and may be called a blanket weed. Algae may be single-celled or multi-celled. What are the problems of these aquatic weeds? Aquatic weeds in ponds 
a major problem, most especially in village pond. And sometimes the algae become thick that it renders the water undrinkable. Some of these algae are poisonous. It may also form breeding space for mosquito and other disease organisms. Aquatic weed in lakes and dams. Weeds increase the rate of siltation and reduce capacity of reservoir. Also, electric supply may be affected. Weed in lake and dam cause increase in water loss through transpiration. Weeds in lake and dams also interfere with recreational activities. Weeds may depict oxygen content in the night and may cause toxicity to fish, thereby causing the death of some fishes, resulting in an unpalatable odor. Weeds in lake provide breeding space for mosquito and other disease agents. Weeds in stream. Sometimes, aquatic weed in river or stream cause diversion of river, with the result that more land in the basin may be eroded. Weeds in stream broaden river banks and streams. Like weed in streams, they broaden, like they expand river banks and streams, and they obstruct navigation activities. What about the weeds in irrigation system? In online canal, weeds cause over flooding, reduce irrigation efficiency and may serve as alternative host of many disease organisms, cause health hazards, and weeds in drainage system increase siltation and thereby reduce efficiency of life of drainage, destroy wildlife and habitats, lower estate values, and may cause undesirable odor and cause health hazards. So what are the economic importance of these aquatic weeds? They increase the cost of crop production directly by competing in wetland and indirectly by increasing cost of irrigation. They cause loss of water from reservoir and dams through transpiration. They interfere with flow of water in irrigation canal and drainage system. When weed infestation becomes so heavy, this system may be completely blocked. Aquatic weed may even completely cover lakes, rivers, and canals that interfering with the use of these waterways for irrigation. Aquatic weed, particularly algae, impacts odor, color, and taste to water, and this increases cost of portable purification. Recreational use of water may be hampered by presence of large quantity of aquatic weeds, and aquatic weeds provide shelter for mosquitoes, snails, and other vectors that transmit disease, such as Malaria, Schytosomiasis, Onkoserihi, Filariasis, whatever. Uncontrolled growth of aquatic weed is unsightly and reduces aesthetic value of lakes. All these things they might just ask us to mention just five, so I think I've mentioned enough economic importance. So what are the uses of aquatic weeds? Aquatic weeds provide oxygen, which is more important for marine life. They serve as a source of food and shelter for fish and other beneficial marine organisms. They are used as soil additive and can supplement fertilizer needs of many developing countries. 
They can serve as source of raw material to support local industries such as pulp and paper, fiber for making shares, mats, and baskets. It should be noted that the first paper-like writing material used in Africa is papyrus from aquatic weed Cyperus papyrus. Papi, yeah, yeah. So, well, aquatic weeds are excellent source of animal feed, especially after water has been extracted from them. Aquatic plants such as water lettuce are used in waste treatments because of their ability to extract mineral elements from water. Methods of aquatic weed control. An aquatic ecosystem is a dynamic one. Therefore, before you take any action against any component of this system, we have consequence on the other component of the system. So while a complete removal of weed from a body of water may have desirable effect on reading the site of offending vegetation, it could also cause undesirable change in the ecosystem. For example, if vegetation is removed completely and suddenly the level of oxygen drops, this could adversely affect fish life. And a sudden clearing up of water surface will increase light penetration and favors the presence of undesirable algae. Furthermore, if weeds are not removed, they will decay and affect water quality. It is often advised that some aquatic weeds should be left in place during weeding to provide food and shelter to marine organisms. Preventive control. In weed control programs, an adage is a stitch in time saves nine more applicable than in management of aquatic weeds. In almost all known cases of major aquatic weed problem, the infestation starts as pockets of aquatic weeds that can be pulled off by hand. By hand. Such small invasion of aquatic weeds change to extensive infestation that they are often beyond financial resources of many developing countries. A primary method is by preventing the introduction of this weed into new ecologies. Another preventive method widely used on terrestrial weeds and which is applicable to waterway is to prevent aquatic weed from flowering or going into city. Management of water level is a good preventive weed control method because many aquatic weeds are sensitive to changes in water level. Preventive control should be made as an integral part of good aquatic weed system. Another method of weeding is hand weeding, which is effective in controlling aquatic weed where level of infestation is high, like in irrigation ditches or small canals. We can also use mechanical control where there's many aquatic weed, especially um, the floating species. So using tractor with the rotary cutters or harvesters mounted on boats. Biological control is many animals have been used to biologically control aquatic weeds, and this includes grass tilapia or other herbivorous fishes. Nematodes, dock geese, and other herbivorous animals and insects. Um, they also help control weed biologically, and the combined action of all the three has been effective in controlling this weed in all wetlands where these organisms have been exposed to weed. We can also use chemical weed control. 
Many herbicides can be safely used to control aquatic weed, and the most widely used one is the amine formation of the 2,4-D. Many herbicides used for aquatic control requires restriction on water use for a period of time necessary for the herbicide to be degraded or inactivated. Integrated weed control, which is the final, is more likely to have a broad basis of application than any other method of weed control used alone. So it consists of the use of preventive plus biological method or probably you are doing chemical plus hand or yeah, just bringing all these previous uh, methods of uh, met, uh, control together to use. So thank you very much and that will be that on aquatic weeds as we move to the next um, lecturer's slides. Stay with us. I hope you're not getting bored, but it's necessary you know them. Thank you. All right, um, we've talked about weed ecology before, but now we want to delve into it proper, proper. And I said ecology is the study of relationship of plants and animals with their physical and biological environment. Physical environment like height, heat, solar, radiation, moisture, wind, oxygen, many of that biological environment like the organism of the same kind as well as other plants and animals. So weed ecology combined is just saying the general um, generally about the growth characteristics, the adaptation and survival mechanism of weed that enables them to exploit environmental resources and successfully colonize new habitats, often at the expense of other neighboring plants. An habitat is a dwelling place or a kind of environment occupied by the individuals of a species. And what is a niche? A niche is the role of an organism within its natural environment that determines its relationship with other organisms and also ensures its survival. Within the habitat, organisms occupy different niches. It is functional, it is a functional role of species in a community, that is, the occupation and how it ends its living. The ecosystem is an energy-driven complex system which living organisms interact with themselves. Now we'll talk about the weed crop ecosystem. We already said the ecosystem is, a, is an energy-driven complex system. The weed crop ecosystem involves the weed crop interaction as well as their nature and function of the ecosystem and this will assist us in understanding the impact of crop production and husbandry on shift in weed flora for instance, the persistence of weed in a given weed crop ecosystem. Now, a question popped up in the test we did sometimes back. Uh, we asked to um, illustrate or with a diagram the um, ecological understanding of weed crop relationship in an ecosystem. It is a triangle with the top of the triangle having susceptible crop and <clears throat> the left side end of the triangle having favorable environment and the right corresponding side having weed seed bank. And in the center, of course, it is weeds. That carries six marks. 
and I feel my occur again in the examination. When plants grow close to each other, they interact or they interfere in various ways. And the mode of interaction includes interference which is the detrimental effect of one species on another resulting from their interaction which means the comabalelo just for one to survive then we also have commensalism and this is a relationship between unrelated organisms and these unrelated organisms means different species in which one derives food or benefits from the association of with another without it being affected so it is not parasitic like two different species and you know they are affected that's commensalism and we also have competition or allelospoly it is the relationship between two plants weed and crop crop and crop weed and weed in which the supply of a growth factor falls below their combined demand for normal growth and development the growth factor competed the growth factor is competed for uh, the growth factor competed for rather is water nutrients light space and air and <clears throat> what are the types of competition that we have we have above ground competition in and we have below ground competition <laughs> So it takes um, place mainly in the leaves and the growth factor involved are light and carbon dioxide. And that's a physical thing that you can see. And below ground, it takes place mainly in the roots while growth factor involved are water, nutrients, and oxygen. The most consequences of competition in crops is reduction in economic yield of affected crop or plants. And the forms of competition, we've said types. This one is forms. Forms could be intraspecific, which means competition for growth factor among individual plant species, or it might be interspecific, which means competition for growth factors between two different plant species. Maybe the crop weed, weed weed, or crop crop, that's interspecific. But intraspecific is competition for growth among individuals of a plant species. What are the factors affecting weed crop competition? We have weed factors, we have crop factors, we have environmental factors. Though we're not yet done with forms of competition, we've said intraspecific, interspecific, and we have amensalism. Amensalism is also known as a little party. This can be defined as a detrimental and detrimental effect of chemicals or exudates produced by one living plant species on the germination, growth, or development of another plant species or microorganism of the same habitat. There are two types of allelopathy: the true and the functional. The true one involves the release of toxic compounds into the environment in the form they are produced. Why the functional allelopathy is involves the functional release of these chemicals into the environmental into the environment substances that are toxic as a result of transformation by microorganism. The true allelopathy, the chemical they secrete is toxic enough to cause the allelopathy. But the functional ones, the chemical release is not really toxic, but by transformation from microorganism, they become toxic. 
and <clears throat> we'll go back to um, the factors affecting wheat crop competition. Factors affecting wheat crop competition are said wheat factor, crop factor, environmental factors. The wheat factor is the competitiveness of wheat, aggressive wheat, the wheat density and the wheat weight, wheat weight the onset of duration of wheat. Sorry, excuse me. Onset and duration of wheat crop association and growth factor. Then the crop factor is type of crop and seeding rate, spatial arrangement of crops, plant architecture, growth factors, availability, and crop importance. And environmental factor are climatic factors like rainfall, temperature, and that, then tillage, also soil fertility and groundwater management. Phytotoxins are commonly encountered in allelopathic activities like the cumaric acid, the terpenoids, flavonoids, phenolic compounds. And some of the examples of allelopathic plants are the black walnut, the melina arborea, the cosarina, the lantana, imperator cylindrica, the cypera species, and that is that on this um, segment and we will be moving to the Ejaya lateral tartan roger we have now actually started the 152 slides which is what i'm about to delve into chokongiri i'm working here Okay, weed management. Welcome back. 152 slide. And this is two of 152. No Weed management refers to how weed are manipulated so that they do not interfere with the growth, development, and economic yield of crop and animals. And this weed management encompasses of all aspects of weed control prevention and modification in crop habitats that interfere with weed ability to adapt to its environment. Weed control refers to those actions that seek to restrict the spread of weed, destroy or reduce their population in a given location. The effectiveness of weed control is affected by one type of crop grown, two timing of weed operation, three nature of weed problem, four methods of weed control available to farmer, five type of weed to be controlled, six cost of operation, seven available labor or cash, eight environmental condition before or during before, during, and after the time of operation. All of these things, when you see where a lot of things are mentioned, I just feel you should know at least five. Five, five or six is okay. Nobody will ask you to mention ten, I guess. That's not professional, maybe. So, <clears throat> weed prevention. This refers to the exclusion of a particular weed problem from the system that has not experienced that weed problem which means you 
you try you put everything in place to make sure that a weed problem that this land has no experience it doesn't experience it why weed eradication is the complete removal of all weed and their proper proper goods from the habitat eradication is quite difficult to achieve in crop production and it is uneconomical however in a situation where weed problem becomes overwhelming eradication may be desirable in long term eradication may be considered if you have tried other weed control method and it didn't work or the weeds are buried many seeds that cannot be controlled by conventional process or the infested field is very small or benefits from eradication outweigh those alternative methods for coping with weeds coping with weeds we have several methods of weed control we have preventive we have cultural we have biological chemical and integrated i mentioned five i'll go again preventive cultural biological chemical and integrated we start with preventive weed control so <clears throat> we'll be doing that in the next segment uh kindly stay with us thank you that's why oh, we start with preventive weed control preventive weed control refers to those measures necessary to prevent the introduction of new weed species into a given geographical area as well as the multiplication and spread of existing weed species and this preventive weed control uh, includes roguing, following, preventing weeds from setting their seeds, use of clean crop seed for planting, quarantine law services, soil solarization, controlling of, uh, uh, of the movement of livestock. We'll pick all of this term one by one. Roguing is the act of identifying and removing the plants with undesirable characteristics from agricultural field. Tobane onto go rogue, like that guy has gone rogue. It means it's, the person has to be, you know, eradicated from the society. So we are following. On this, under this system, the farmer abandon cultivated land and allow it to revert to bush follow partly because of declining fertility and partly because of weed infestation and it is an example of preventive weed management is the live mulch cropping system here living cover such as some legumes provide complete ground cover they smooth out weed prevent erosion and even retain organic matter also preventing weed from certain seed Post-harvest weed control can be done by preventing late germinating weeds from going into seed. Some of the annual weeds that produce large amounts of seed always deposit in the seed bank and then emerge later on the field. They are a major source of weeds in newly harvested fields because they complete their life cycle after crop harvest. Hence, must be prevented from going to the seed by hand slashing or repeated mowing. So, um, you also have to use clean crop seed for planting. 
because weeds spread through contaminated uh, crop seeds and they can be prevented by keeping these crop plants in the field weed free and by thorough cleaning of the seed intended for planting then <clears throat> you have to use clean machinery because seeds can be dispersed by all of this accidentally or occasionally uh, from weed infested field to another so there's need to clean farm machine regularly immediately after use you should also con control the movement of livestock you know the movement of livestock uh, hooks barbs or various weed often cling to the air of animals and clothing of humans such as uh, there's one weed we used to call a locker <laughs> so all of those type of weeds uh, when we transport them I know you must have brought it from one place then when you get to your house yeah what's all of this then you you trade on the floor now guilty right yeah that way you have you are not um, controlling uh, or preventing um, weed so <clears throat> Serening, screening of irrigation canals to prevent weed seed from being transported from infested field, infested field to clean areas. Also, you have to allow compost to be well decomposed so as to get rid of viable weed seed. And you have to follow some quarantine law services. So when you are bringing in exotic plants to prevent accidental introduction of weed propagules into your field. So, we also have what we call soil solarization, and this is a process of covering the soil with black or transparent films. The soil is kept covered during this for about 30 to 45 days. Then, the soil temperature must reach at least above 40 degrees to exert good effect on soil-borne parts and seed wheat. The breakdown of organic matter produces toxic gases under this plastic and enhances biocide effect. The cover must be removed after solarization to enable this gas to escape from the soil before you now plant. Soil solarization is widely used in greenhouse conditions in southern Spain, and its advantage is that it is a broad, broad spectrum control, like it is not only targeting weed. Um, weed control it also targets a lot of other adverse problems and it is simple to use economically feasible environmental friendly and does not affect the soil property and it usually produce higher yield but the disadvantage is previous irrigation is a requirement and the soil must be kept solarized for a period of at least one month and results are often variable depending on weather condition Cold or cloudy weather are not usually suitable when you want to do this solarization, so it's not common everywhere. Now we move to um, weed eradication. And it involves the complete removal of all weeds and their propagation from the habitat. Eradication is difficult to achieve and it's uneconomical, except some cases. And where weed problem becomes overwhelming, <laughs> Eradication is your best bet. And eradication may be con considered. I've told you reasons why eradication could be considered if you were following. And join us in the next segment for cultural weed management. We are in the 19th slide of 152. We are moving. 
PCP506 is moving. Yeah, um, so we go to the um, second method of weed control, which is cultural weed management. And this is defined as practices or efforts that the farmer has adopted in crop production, which minimizes weed interference problem. But such methods are not necessarily directed or aimed at weed control. Cultural weed methods uh, include hand weeding, mechanical weeding, mulching, crop rotation, and tillage. And it also includes burning, flooding, crop genotype choice, cover crop, intercropping, fertilization, sowing, planting time, and crop special arrangement. And by God's grace, we'll be looking at this one by one. Let's start with hand weeding. Hand weeding consists of hand slashing, hand pulling, hand hoeing, or mowing of weeds, which is the oldest weed control. Hand pulling it is used in cereal crops such as rice that are traditionally broadcast seeded. And the advantage is it is the best way to control weed in a broadcast setting. And it is used to remove weeds that have escaped control methods in closely spaced row crops. It is also used to economically remove unwanted weed in various cropping situations. But the disadvantage is that it is laborious, unattractive and full of drudgery, means stress. It is expensive where cheap labor is in short supply. It is applicable to annual weeds and not suitable for perennial ones. Crops suffer from adverse effects of early weed interference because the farmer has to wait until weeds are big enough to firmly be held in hand. And weeds cannot be pulled completely out of the soil. And hoeing. It is probably the most widely used weed control method in the tropics it is also refers to hand weeding or manual weeding and the advantage of this hand hoeing is that it controls both annual and perennial it's an effective weed control for row crops especially where there's an entire space of about 25 centimeter wider it also provides a clean seed bed as it loosens the soil it is adapted to small farm size less than one hectare but its advantage is that weeds are usually well established before the farmer starts weeding. And hand hoeing is labor intensive and involves a lot of physical exertion. And it is unsuitable where farm size is larger than 1.5 hectare because of the difficulty of maintaining this labor force. Effective hoe weeding depends on rainfall and moisture condition. And failure rates are higher in wet, wet soil than during dry spell and it predisposes the soil to erosion. Perennial weeds are not easily controlled. It requires experience of um, it requires experience of farmer in some weed crop situation, removal of wild rice from cultivated rice seedling. It has a high risk of crop damage in many roots and super crops. There could be huge there could be huge reduction in granite if whole weeded after the pegs are developed. Hand slashing, we are still under 
hand reading. We have not even gotten to mechanical. So imagine going shoko yokoto olobe lu hand slashing. It is used in non-crop areas, bush clearing and plantation crops. It is used in control of overgrown annual wheat in food crops, supplementary weeding in long season, like crop yam, cassava just before harvesting. And the advantages is that it minimizes erosion. It can be done with simple tools that are affordable by low-income farmer. It's less labor-intensive. It can be done in wet weather, used in lawns to prevent weeds from growing seeds. Yeah, I live in the village, as you can hear sounds of my neighbors. Um, disadvantage of hand slashing. We have rapid growth of slashed weeds, crop production as a result of accidental damage during slashing, high labor requirements and drudgery, not suitable for weed control and field crop under water stress because of the basal and the portion of weed continue to deprive the crop of limited soil water. So we go to the push type weeders. Push type weeders tend to minimize stooping and backing, back breaking attribute of mana weeding. Like push type weeder saves you from peremoleco roco. So it tends to make weeding more attractive. Who finds weeding attractive anyways? It is effective in weed row crop and however it's not effective in broadcast seeded and mixed cropping system and also tuber crops. It also it is not suitable in plantation where ground cover is fully established. And some examples of push type weeders are the corn weeders, the spike weeders, the rotary weeders. The rotary readers has a long handle device with two rotating wheels. The spike readers has a long handle hole with a rotating spike wheel. The spike reader uses a blade running in the soil similar to corn reader plus a spike wheel that rips weeds from the soil. While the corn reader is just a modified hole with long handle so workers can stand upright while reading. And that takes us to mechanical reading. So mechanical weeding encompasses of all weed control where control is achieved through the use of mechanical device by maybe animal or fossil fuel as energy source. And in mechanical weeding, farmer channels energy produced by machines or animal into weeding operation and it gets more work done faster than the hand weeding. The aims of farm mechanization is just to improve and um, increase productivity and reduce drudgery and there's timeliness and precision in operation. Uh, also, mechanical weeding can be achieved through animal-drawn weeders or machine-powered weeders. The animal-drawn weeders is that it requires little amount of capital to source for power. Animals are maintained at low cost as they feed on available forage. Organic matter are added to the soil through their droppings and it does not require additional training to operate the tools. 
the weed implement is within the technological competence of most tropical farmers and it can be used in both small and moderately large large farms however the disadvantages is that productivity and output of animal depends on the state on the of their health because the weakness of an animal to push poop implement at early season and shortage of feed, land preparation, pre-planting and land planting operations, and early weeding are often delayed. There could be difficulty in getting precise cultivation and planting due to the problem of controlling the animal. The presence of sesafly and animal disease limits the use in some part of the country, and there are some religion um, constraint or local custom that may take this method difficult to practice in some parts of the tropics. The machine power weeder, on the other hand, includes all weeding operations where power used for removing weed is derived from using fossil fuel as a source of energy. There are three types of machine power weeders, hand-pushed engine-driven machines like the Mantis Small, the Mantis Small is an energy-driven rotating spike wheel with rapidly rotating spikes on an axis under the engine. Then the Mantis Large is an engine-driven vertically rotating the spike wheel with larger width. We also have the Brush Cutter, which is the engine-driven horizontally rotating a blade or a nylon string. We also have a two-wheeled, which is also called a single-axle small tractor. And we have a four-wheeled, the dual-axle, which axle models of larger traction is used in traditional countries. And the advantages of machine power weeder is that weeding can be done in less time. Timely weeding is made possible. It is reliable and cheaper than manual or animal drawn. The same engine power can be used for other farm-related activities such as tillage, planting, harvesting, transportation, and it also reduces the farmer's dependence on human labor and associated results of labor uncertainties. What has an advantage also always have a disadvantage. And some of the disadvantages of machine power weeder is that it's unsuitable where crops are not planted in rows, like broadcast. And farmers may be reluctant to invest in machines where the expected return may not justify such investment. Farmers may find it difficult to get the initial capital for the purchase of machines or not even have access to credit facilities. There could be a problem of service maintenance and procure of spare parts. Then we go to tillage. Tillage is a practice done under cultural um, control and it is normally done in crop production to provide good seed bed for germination and seedling growth, weed control, and eating up in roots and tuber crops such as yams and cassava. Tillage guidelines and techniques as for weed management includes one, delayed tillage. Delayed tillage is a type of tillage that involves preparing the seed bed and waiting until weeds emerge before lightly cultivating the soil again and planting the crop seed. The purpose of delayed tillage is to get rid of the first flush of weeds so that crops planted thereafter can grow under minimum weed crop competition. Then blind tillage. This involves planting crop seed after normal land preparation and cultivating the field lightly after weeds have emerged. 
but before the emergence of crop. This type of tillage is more effective if weeds germinate ahead of crop. And in developed world, implements such as finger weeders, tine harrow, or rotary hose are run across the entire field, directly over rows. The large seeded corn, soya beans, or sunflower survive with minimal damage. Just understand the concept of the type of tillage. We have delayed, we have blind, we have pre-plant cultivation tillage, we have zero tillage. Zero tillage is a system where crops are um, established with no tilt um, in the soil or disturbance. Most of the controls are by herbicides and all of that, or systematic insect, insecticide and all. While the pre-planting uh, cultivation tillage is the use of manual drone implement for tillage to bury the weed and incorporate plant residue or sometimes even cut off the weed as close to the surface of the soil. Such weeds weed are left on the soil surface to die or rot. Using animal drone implements is often limited by the presence of rhizomatous weeds, stumps. Another limitation is that the technique is prone to soil erosion, except where it is used for making ridges or beds, then burning. Burning is a cultural type of control too, and it is age-long practice among tropical farmers. Um, Pre-plant burning is done before crops are planted, while post-planting burning is done in crops like sugar cane to get rid of the weed as to prepare the cane stem for harvest. However, in the temperate region, flame cultivators or weed burners are used directly for are uh, used for directed weed control in cotton, maize, and alfalfa. The aim and purpose of burning is to get rid of excess vegetation. Uh, weed control is an indirect benefit. And types of pre-plant field burning are uncontrolled burning, controlled burning and directed burner-assisted burning. The uncontrolled burning is an accidental bushfire or deliberate setting a blaze of forest in dry season for hunting purpose. The disadvantage is that it is harmful to agri-land and wildlife damages landscape, exposes the soil to erosion and destroy economic trees, and can alter the ecology of an environment. Only the resistant and perhaps undesirable species such as Daniela olive and some other things can take over the habitat. The controlled burning is a process where setting agricultural land on fire for the purpose of creating favorable environment for production and getting rid of unwanted vegetation. And fire breaks are created to restrict the fire to the intended area to be burnt. The advantage is that it helps, you know, get rid of excess vegetation, bounds nutrients like phosphorus and potassium to the soil, reduce soil acidity, especially in alti soils, destroy pests and plant pathogen, can be used to prevent accidental fire in the forest. The high temperature often generated by burning can destroy wheat seed or soybean pathogen. Regrowth of perennial grasses can be stimulated, which is used to regenerate grasses pasture, and it is cheap an effective way of killing woody perennials. Disadvantages as usual. It results in rapid loss of soil organic matter, 
many non-metal elements are lost, like sulfur and nitrogen. There could be partial kill of wheat seed or nematodes due to low intensity of soil temperature and short duration of heat. There could be non-uniform burning, resulting in uneven distribution of plant residue. And good burn depends on favorable weather condition. Its position, uh, its pollution hazard is to be minimized. Then the direct burner assisted burning. The type of controlled burning where special burners equipped with propane gas are used to burn the plant um, residue. And the advantage is that it is environmental friendly as there's no smoke and plant residue is reduced to CO2 and water. The speed of operation is controllable and the disadvantage is that there's need to invest in special burners. It's difficult to identify burners that give consistently good results. It is slower than controlled burning and not suitable for large farm and it is an added cost on fuel machinery while eventually reduced profit. Another cultural way, hey, for this cultural way, we go tire. It's flooding. And flooding is used in paddies partly to meet water requirement of paddy weed and control weed. A water depth of about 10 centimeters is maintained to control weed in paddy rice. And grasses and sedges can be controlled if continuous standing water is maintained. A recent modified flooding system is the shower system. S-H-A-W-A-H, shower system. And the advantages of flooding is meets water requirement of paddy rice, control weed in anaerobic condition to suffocate the roots of dry land plants and kill weed seeds. It's effective in dealing with perennial dry land weeds where the terrain can permit flooding. Flooding can help to kill soybean fungi and nematodes. Not effective on, and the disadvantages are, it is not effective on aquatic weed that cannot be submerged. It requires terrain that is level or to be leveled so water can be held. And it limits, it's limited to where water is available and can be impounded. On that culture, we still have more Mulching is the process of adding plant residue, plastic materials to the soil to smooth out weed or even add organic matter. Benefit of mulching It adds organic matter to the soil, conserves soil moisture, protects soil from erosion, reduces soil temperature. Increase water infiltration rate, maintenance of soil structure if combined with conservation tillage practices, provides favorable environment for biological activities of the soil. And the limitations to use mulch is that the problems of procuring and transporting mulch has been um, the problems and procuring uh, the problems of procuring and transporting mulch to solve this mulching can be grown in situ that is in the field where it will be used that's been used as live mulch in the tropics and it is labor intensive and most crops do not generate enough crop residue to even provide enough grow cover 
and <clears throat> it may interfere with crop seed germination or seeding growth. Plant residue can interfere with other farm operation and may serve as hideout to animal pests and include promoting and termite activities. Then we still go to another method, cultural method, which is crop rotation. Ah, uh, should we should we break this or or just continue? Let's let's break it. It means cultural part will have three part. This is part two. Um, on to the next one crop rotation a cultural uh, method um, for weed control crop rotation is very important in long-term weed control by preventing weed species from adapting to the growth cycle of specific crops rotation of cereals with legumes and other trap crops can be used to reduce striga infestation in small-scale agriculture Crop rotation also assists the farmers to rotate herbicides, ensuring that a given herbicide-resistant weed does not take over a field. And it must be noted that crop rotation plays good role in weed control, but it must be done in conjunction with other weed control methods. Sowing, <coughs> planting time, and crop spatial arrangement is also a measure or method or practice of cultural weed control. And it involves the use of transplants, higher seeding rates, low interval distance spacing, anticipate or delaying of sowing transplanting dates. The method has the advantage of improving crop competitive ability. Another one is crop genotype choice. It involves the use of varieties characterized by quick emergence, high growth, and soil cover rate in the early stage. This method is also capable capable of improving crop competitive ability then we have cover crop as like live mulches legume cover crop are sown in intervals of crop and cover crop effect on weed depend upon cover crop species and management following cash crop weed community composition weed Suppression is exerted partly through physical chemical effect and partly through resource competition for light, nutrients, and water. Cover crop can also interact with other biota, so they promote establishment of vesicular abuscular mycorrhiza, which in turn may shift weed flora composition by favoring the mycorrhizae plant species at the detriment of a non-mycorrhizae plant species. I doubt if you understand that, but majorly, if you know five methods of cultural control, Kilatumbaka. Intercropping too. Intercropping too is also a crop system way that you can use to control weed culturally. And it enhances weed control by increasing shade and increasing crop competition with weed through tighter crop spacing and intercropping increases the ecological diversity of the field. Intercropping can be carried out in two ways, mixed and uh, row intercropping. In mixed intercropping, the seeds of two or more crop are sown in a field without any particular arrangement. While in row, the main crop and intercrop are grown in separate rows. 
This makes weeding and harvesting a little easier. However, competition may still be a problem. The other potential advantage is that it, the risk of crop failure may be reduced. Farmer may be better able to crop with price variability. Land use is maximized. Diets may become healthier. Soil fertility may increase. Soil structure may even improve. And deep root penetrates fire into the soil, breaking up hard plants and use moisture and nutrients from deeper down the soil. Why shallow root bind the soil aggregates? And <clears throat> the potential uncertainties are intercropping may not significantly improve soil nitrogen level, and a poor chosen intercrop may compete with the crop. In some cases, intercrop may contaminate the yield of main crop, herbicide use may be constrained. Harvesting of produce may be more difficult. Farmer may need to organize their own seed system for intercrop legumes. Then we also have fertilization as also a cultural management. Thank God they will break down. Fertilization involves the use of slow nutrient releasing organic fertilizer and amendment fertilizer placement. So in anticipation or delay of pursuing or top dressing nitrogen fertilization, there is benefit of reduction in weed emergence, as well as improvement for crop competitive ability. And that's where we end cultural weed management practices. And we'll be going to biological weed management practices. Stay with us and don't get tired. We are just on 69 of 152. So, welcome back. This is biological weed management. Biological weed management refers to the use of biological agents like pests, predators, pathogens, and parasites to control weed. And it involves the control or suppression of weed through the action of one or more organisms by natural means or by manipulation of the weed organism or environment. Control of weed with vertebrates and invertebrates, the microbial weed control, and we also have use of microorganisms such as plant pathogen, which we call the microbial weed control. Then we have the live mulch, allelopathy, and plant canopy. The microbial weed control is the control of weed with vertebrates and invertebrates. And the use of vertebrates is use of animal to graze fallow vegetation, geese to control weeds and cotton, um, use of dog fish to control um, aquatic weed, use of grass carp to control aquatic weeds too. Then we also use invertebrates like some cochineal insects in India to control some type of weeds. We use moth borer, we use beetle insects to control weed. And why microbial weed micro is the involves uh, the use of microorganisms such as fungi, bacteria, nematode, viruses to control weed. And the categories are classical tactics and bioherbicide tactics. And the classical tactics involves importation of pathogens from the native environment to a new place by the target weed. And <clears throat> The bioherbicide is the pathogen as sprayed as mycoherbicides on the weed. And mycoherbicide is the use of plant pathogen for weed control that are non-toxic and do not pose risk of residue and environmental pollution. A 
it is commonly associated with organic pesticides. Um, <clears throat> live mulch is a crop production system in which a food crop is planted directly in the living cover of an established cover without destruction of the fallow. And perennial legumes such as Sophocarpus palustris have been evaluated and found suitable as live mulch. A particular mulch has been established to form a good live mulch in maize. Hence, maize plants with palustris may only be needed to supplement with some phosphorus. However, there are climbing tendency in the live mulch which can adversely affect the effect and growth of maize. The climbing tendency was however counteracted by the use of growth regulator and chemical mowing, a practice involving selective stunting of wheat to suppress their growth in order to reduce their detrimental effect. Let us bore ourselves with all this information. Just know what a live mulch is. Know their advantages, which is they suppress weed, reduce weed seed population, reduce loss in organic matter, reduce nitrogen requirements, protect the soil and reduce erosion, increases infiltration. Then we go to allelopathy. Allelopathy is the production of chemicals. If you are following this from the onset, I've explained allelopathy and the production of chemical exuded by living and decaying plant species, which interferes with the germination, growth, and development of another plant species or microorganism sharing that habitat. And it is a sort of toxic interaction between plants which results in detrimental effect of higher plants of one species. Then, allelopathy can be defined as a reciprocal suffering of two organisms or the production of chemical allelochemicals by living or decaying plant tissues, which interferes with the growth of a neighboring plant. Allelopathy could contribute to the suppressiveness or aggressiveness of weeds in a weed crop interference or in patterning of weed in a field through the influence of their exudate from above ground vegetation, roots, leachate, Volatile from secondary plant. All these informations are boring. I've explained what true allelopathy and functional allelopathy meant. If you don't, if you can't remember, go back to weed crop interaction. You will find it there. And <clears throat> we go to plant canopy. Plant canopy is a major effect of plants. The major effect of plant canopy is to shade understory plants and limit their ability to synthesize carbohydrates. A competitive crop should be able to establish complete ground cover. Some low-grow crops which can provide early ground cover and shade out weeds when intercropped with other crops are eggsy melon and sweet, sweet potato. Crop canopy needs to be complemented with other weed control practices for high effectiveness. Thank you very much. And that's all on biological weed control. We move to chemical weed control. Majorly, you just need to know definitions, types, advantage, disadvantages of all these things. And if you know five, five of each, Shano. Welcome back and we'll be looking at chemical 
weed control. Chemicals that are needed for killing weeds or suppress the plant's growth are called herbicides. The practice of killing the undesirable vegetation with herbicide is called chemical weed control. The use of chemical to control weed has been known to man for centuries after the end of the Third Punic War by Roman against Carthage. Nonsense. We don't need to bother ourselves with history. If you want to bother yourself with history, you have your note to result too. There are various, fac- various factors that made chemical weed control popular than manual and mechanical. One is the less drudgery in chemical control than in cultural method. Then weeds can be selectively controlled without injury to crops, and pre-emergence application of herbicides protect crop from the adverse effect of early weed competition. Field labor demand is lower than manual and mechanical, faster than manual and cultural weed control. It is more effective against perennial than other methods of weed and is less likely to be adversely affected by erratic weather conditions. But the limitation is that weed can become resistant due to prolonged or constant use of a particular herbicide, and the sudden dry spell may cause failure of pre-emergence herbicide. There's crop injury as a result of cross-spraying calibration or wrong dosage calculation, and the faulty equipment or failure to follow label um, directions. There could be side effect of applicator on the applicator. Special skills are needed for effective herbicide use. Herbicide use is limited under multiple cropping, and chemical weed control requires special equipment, which may not be useful for other farms operation. And this brings us to the classification of herbicides on. <clears throat> Herbicides can be classified based on time of application, based on point of application, based on herbicide movements, um, based on type of plant killed, based on chemical structure, based on physiological actions. And we'll be looking at this in the next the uh, categories in the next uh, segment. Stay with us. Don't get tired. So, oni ante gumbanle komaraju tori boye raraye ndo rararu. It's me that is the araye. It's you people that is. I don't know. So, um classification of herbicides and we'll be looking at firstly based on the time of application and based on this classification herbicides are grouped into pre-plant pre-emergence and post-emergence pre-plant is um, the foliage applied type soil incorporated and pre-emergence is the broadcast applied to cover entire field or the band treatment applied then post-emergence is also a broadcast or post-maturity herbicide. And <clears throat> the foliage applied enters the crop through the foliage, translocated to other parts of the plant, 
activity is always affected by rainfall. Phototoxicity of glyphosate and glyphosate reduced if it rains within six hours of application. And if it is soil applied, um, cube plant by inhibiting germination of wheat seeds needs to go into solution before it can easily be absorbed. Application on dry soil reduces activities based on how they move, like they are, how they move. There are some they call contact herbicides. They kill as they touch the tissues of this plant, and some are systemic. The apoplast or the simplast. The apoplast move in treated plants either in the silent vessels or moving the foliage and living tissues of the plant, which is the simplast, a downward kind of movement. And based on the type of plant it kills, there are some herbicides that are selective. The broadleaf selective, the grassleaf selective, and both grassleaf and broadleaf selective. And the ones that are non-selective, that just have exact toxic effect on all plants they may come in contact with. Herbicide selectivity is the ability of herbicide to kill some plants but not others. And it is a measure of differential response of several plant species to herbicides. And the factors affecting this selectivity is, one, the plant characteristics, like the age, morphology, uptake and transport, genetic makeup. Secondly, is the herbicide properties, the chemistry, stability, the concentration, formulation, and placement in the crop weed environment. We also classify based on herbicide chemistry, like the chemical structure. Is it an inorganic herbicide? Is it an organic herbicide? Is it a biological herbicide? The inorganic herbicides like sodium borate, ammonium sulfate, and many more to say, and the organic herbicides like um, oils and some other ones, the phytotoxic oils that they kill plants by solubilizing the cell walls. And <clears throat> we can also have. Oh, did they even teach us this herbicide? Let's let's say the truth. Anyways, there are some biological herbicides like Colego, Divine, and we can also classify some herbicides based on physiological action. Some are mitotic poisoning, like they disrupt the mitotic cell division in susceptible plants. Some are photosynthetic inhibitors, some are nitrogen metabolism inhibitors, some are respiratory inhibitors. And <clears throat> Some are pigments and inhibitors, many, many more like that. And the integrated weed management is <clears throat> all of the herbicides classification. I hope you know that's under chemical. And now the integrated weed management refers to combining two or more management systems at low input level to keep weed interference in a given cropping system below economic threshold level. And it combines two or more weed management system at low input to obtain a level of weed suppression uh, that ordinarily obtained when one weed management system is used integrated you can use cultural chemical and biological method you can just mix them up and the integrated weed management may involve combination of 
cultural plus chemical, cultural plus biological, cultural plus preventive, biological plus chemical, or even combination of three or more of this system. And the factors that make this integrated weed management desirable is the inability of any one method of weed control to completely solve weed problem. The tendency of weed to adapt to a given crop system and thus um, escape control. Seasonal fluctuation, reduction in environmental degradation, ability of weed to develop resistance and all of that. And <clears throat> what are herbicides? Herbicides uh, are used in weed control and they have been the most important um, world agriculture because they are mostly important in the world of agriculture because they destroy weed on a large scale either before or at emergence of crop without disturbing the crop or soil and farmers don't depend heavily on human labor weed killer consists of inorganic organic and biological herbicides and we have talked about <coughs> all of those ones so some fa- some terms that you should know um let's do definition of terms in the next segment <laughs> stay with us we'll be right back let's do some definition of terms and the first one we have here is adjuvant and this is any substance in herbicide formulation or added to spray tank to improve herbicide activities or application characteristics. Adjuvant, they're added to improve herbicide activities. A carrier, a carrier is a substance used to dilute or suspend a herbicide during its application. And the most widely used carrier is water. And we have surfactants. This is the material which improves emulsifying, dispersing, spreading, or wet wetting like umanjako mixed data um, <clears throat> we also have active ingredients which is the pure and concentrated form of toxic herbicides present in formulated products which kills weed or brings about inhibition of growth we have emulsifying agents emulsifiers that improve suspension of particles of one liquid in another we have wetting agents which uh, reduce the interfacial tension as well as improving contact between liquid and surface. Then we have stickers. These are spreaders which reduce the surface tension of other liquid and decrease possibility of aqueous solution to form discrete droplets. Then we have detergents and they are cleansing chemical used mainly for cleaning equipment and sprayers. Talk about herbicide formulation and this is a process by which pure chemicals the active ingredient of an herbicide is prepared and made available to use in a form that will improve handling storage application efficiency and safety no herbicide is everly used in its pure form when it comes to agriculture and the most common and widely used carrier for herbicide application is water herbicide may also be applied with oil as a carrier granular herbicides are formulated using solid carriers such as vermiculite clay and plant materials in order to produce a good commercial herbicide the formulation chemist must try to maintain good physical and chemical stability while combining both active ingredients 
and the various additives such as emulsifiers, wetting agents, and inert materials to make a new herbicide formulation. So, the major content of herbicide formulation is the active ingredient, the various additives such as emulsifiers and wetting agents, and as well as the inert materials. So, are the reasons why habitat and herbicides are formulated? It is to reduce concentration of active ingredients through dilution and inappropriate solvents. To make sure that pure chemicals are available in a form that will permit uniform distribution of target, and to reduce the level of contamination and hazard during handling and application. Great water uptake by the weed, and I mean greater uptake by the weed, better protection from degradation. Those are reasons why herbicides are formulated. And we have some types of herbicide formulation. We have the salt, water soluble, wettable powder, emulsifiable concentrates, granular formations, pellets, micro encapsulation. So <clears throat> the active ingredients in the water soluble type, the active ingredients are soluble in water such that when water is added, there's a complete solution. And <clears throat> emulsifiable is the active ingredient is not soluble in water. So but maybe soluble in an organic solvent. There are formulations that form emulsion when water is added, and many of the soil applied herbicides are um emulsified concentrate wettable powder finely solid particles of active ingredient and solid carrier of diluents um well i don't think um, all of these are of highest and then we have besides calculation um sprayer calibration as well which is the process of determining the quantity of water to dilute a chemical to be sprayed over a unit of land. And the method of calibrating is area volume method or time volume method. We have reasons why sprayers are calibrated to determine quantity of water needed for diluting herbicides during sprayer application to ensure that sprayer uniformly distributes a herbicide solution at the dose per unit area to reduce environmental hazard, to reduce crop injury because of excessive herbicide use, to improve weed control efficiency. If under dosage is used, there will be poor weed control. To avoid herbicide wastage, to reduce cost of weed control. And some of the problems associated with overdosage is pollution of underground water, destruction of aquatic life, hazards to human life during an application due to persistence, loss of crop through burning, and destruction of microbes, destruction of organic constituents. Now we have some calculations which I won't be able to explain on here, but you know as it will be now. Any which ways, just if you have issues with calculating um, sprayer calibration and herbicides, uh, formulation and concentration, 
you can just beep me and if there's time we could do the tutorial on that thank you very much um i guess there's still one more lecture notes left but we have completed 152 slides i skipped a lot of unnecessary information might be necessary if you probably can go through it through your notes but i hit all key details on this podcast thank you very much uh if there'll be a next segment you surely find it so thank you so we are going to be wrapping this up and we'll be wrapping it up with weed management in field crops and non-cropped area this podcast if it's unnecessarily too long well necessary but we would have to cut it into two parts now weed management in field crops and non-cropped areas it is widely recognized that weeds does not compete with crop for just nutrient water and light but they may also produce allelochemicals that may interfere with crop growth generally wheat causes great yield loss in crop production so we'll be looking at some crops like maize weed control in maize now in maize crop production the annual and perennial weeds are worldwide problems in maize and the slow rate of growth of maize seedlings and widespread rules create an environment ideal for growth of wheat. Maize is susceptible to competition from annual weeds, like during the first six to eight weeks after planting. The intensity of land use and fertility status of the soil affects the extent of yield loss caused by weeds in maize. Common weeds in maize include the rotboiler cochichinensis, Bracaria species, the Digiteria species, Panicum maximum, and Paspalum species. Uncontrolled weed growth causes yield loss of about 40 to 60% in maize in the tropics. And such weeds such as rotboiler cochichinensis and Striga emonithica can cause total crop loss if they are not controlled. Some weeds like Cyperus rotundus. Uh, Rotboiler cochichinensis are problem because they are very competitive and difficult to control when routine crop husbandry practices are em- employed. If crop are kept weed free during the early stages, yields will not be affected significantly. And <clears throat> at the later stage, the maize plant will be well established and outcompete the weed. Although early weeding is critical to produce a good yield, late control is also important to prevent the weeds from flowering and producing seeds, which could affect the crop and increase weed load in subsequent seasons. Harvesting will also be made easier if the uh, crop is weed-free. And what are the weed methods, uh, weed control methods we apply to maize production? We can apply cultural, biological, chemical, and integrated weed control. What are the cultural weed controls we can use? We have bush burning, hand weeding, mechanical weeding, mulching, crop rotation, and tillage. In the bush burning system, we control the bush uh, 
controlled bush burning is used if you remember previously in um the other segment of the podcast i mentioned three types of burning the uncontrolled the controlled and the directed burner assistant so but bush burning here means that we are going to be using controlled because it's a crop production not just a wild field so crop uh, controlled bush burning is a pre-plant weed control practice that is carried out after bush clearing it is an expense inexpensive method of getting rid of excess vegetation killing weed seed down the soil surface as well delaying regrowth of perennial plant species in the newly cleared fallow when burning of excess plant residue is thorough misplanted within a week after burning can stay weed free for about four to six weeks after planting so burning can substitute for the first weeding you can also use hand weeding this is the most widely used method like we did in fpy and <clears throat> two time two timely hand weeding requires about 40 to 50 man days based on eight hour per day and it is done with within the first eight weeks after planting maize and this is necessary to minimize yield reduction caused by weeds in this crop many rhizomatous grasses such as imperator cylindrica are difficult to control by hand weeding this method is only effect is only effective in maize provided it is timely provided that you do it with time mechanical and tillage weeding control is done majorly in large scale uh, maize production tillage is preparation of a seed bed involving soil disturbance or dust placement it primarily provides a good seed bed for seed germination and seedling growth and also controls weed in the process tillage helps destroy um, <clears throat> perennial weeds and it helps in burying weed seed at depth from which germinated seedling will not emerge mulching is covering the soil with materials such as plant residue plastic polythene straws maize cobs covering the soil with mulch makes it hard for weed to grow it smothers them because they do not have enough space or light mulch should however be selected carefully and not include flower and seeds otherwise they might introduce more weed seed to the field and also use a crop rotation system which plays a long-term role in weed control by preventing a particular weed species from adapting to the growth cycle of specific crops rotating cereals with legumes and other trap crops helps the farmers to rotate his herbicides thus ensuring that weeds resistant to a given herbicide do not take over a field the biological weed control Biological weed control is also applicable to maize production and <clears throat> it is the use of legume crops as live mulch. Use of low growing crop like um, egusi melon to protect the soil from erosion and to also smother weeds. Interplanting fast growing legumes with maize is an effective method of suppressing weed without adversely affecting crop growth. Combining the use of fertilizer with optimum plant density will suppress weed and reduce frequency of weed weeding carried out in maize. And we now have um, chemical weed control, which is the practical way of coping with weeds in large scale maize production too. 
it allows timeliness for weed control it is less intensive and cheaper than hand weeding pre and post emergence herbicides have been identified for weed control in maize and some examples are the atrazine slash lasso the pendimethaline the primagram the prime extra as pre-emergence while bentazone can be used as post-emergence herbicides integrated weed control Educated, uh, integrated weed control in maize involves judicious combination of levels of the various weed control method that we have discussed above and the method of this is should be able to reduce cost and frequency of weeding for example low rate of premergence herbicide can be used with one supplementary whole weeding so we move to um weed production in rice i guess we even have to break this to more than three parts so let go smoking your body baby girl you are me and yes you are in your body baby so crazy so welcome back and we'll be doing weed control in rice weed control is the most labor demanding operation in rice production and no single method will ever give you satisfactory weed control in all rice ecology the increase in grain yield from the use of improved rice variety cannot be achieved until adequate weed control is employed yield losses are caused by unchecked weed growth throughout the growth cycle of rice ranges between 40 to 100 percent weed interference in rice is also known to affect yield components such as tillery panicle number and number of grains slash panicle the following method can be employed in controlling weeds in rice we have cultural weed control and we can use the hand weeding mechanical weeding the hand weeding requires 25 to 75 man days per hectare and many weeds such as comelina species cyanodon dactylon imperator cylindrica oriza longistaminata are not easily controlled by hand weed however hand pulling may be the only option in some situation i told you we use hand weeding majorly when we have a broadcast system type of planting which rises um mechanical weeding uses mechanical weeders that are pushed by humans drawn by animals or machine or self-propelled are employed in rice production in general all forms of mechanical weeders require fewer man hours however they do not have yield advantage due to crop damage by the weeders also initial capital may be a limitation and let's look at land preparation this is an important uh, cultural weed control method for production because if you do land preparation it reduces weed pressure and in order to derive maximum benefits from flooding which is another type of land preparation it should be done when weeds are at seedling stage and water depth of about 10 to 20 centimeters should be maintained 
you know rice is a kind of waterlogging crop like paddy rice most especially we can also use biological weed control tadpole shrimps have been used successfully at a population of 20 to 30 meters square for weed control in transplanted rice other types of biological control in rice involves manipulation of plant density internal spacing and inherent ability of rice plant to complete compete with weeds chemical is using pre-emergence application of bifinox at about 1.5 to 2.0 kilogram um per hectare then <clears throat> the integrated weed control is uh, involves combination of cultural with chemical control or maybe biological with chemical or cultural with biological so we move to weed control in sorghum sorghum is very susceptible to weed competition partly because of wide spacing at which the crop is planted traditionally and partly because the seedlings start off weak and frail. Sorghum suffers competition from weeds in the inter and intra rows and so should be kept weed free for the first 30 days after planting. What are the methods we use? We can use hand weeding at 3, 6 and 9 weeks after planting. We can use biological control using cover crop, melon. We can use chemical weed using pre-emergence herbicide. Uh, some of the pre-emergence herbicides are sorghum at 1.5 to 2.0 AI per hectare and gadocrim, atrazine at the same uh, range too. Then the integrated weed control is using tillage, spacing and chemicals. Weed control in millet. Weed problems in millet are similar to those of sorghum. Millet is sensitive to weed competition, delaying weeding for up to about seven weeks after planting, and this can reduce crop yield by up to 55%. Weed control methods like hand weeding should be done at three, six, at three and six weeks after planting, and the chemical method is also using pre-emergence herbicide like atrazine and tabutilazine about 2.0 to 2.5 kilogram AI per hectare, then atrazine plus linerone or propazine at the recommended rate. And weed control in legumes, um, granuts, PGMP, bambara nuts. We use <coughs> um, the hand weeding, that's under cultural method, we use hand weeding, which is the most common and Two hand weeding at three and six weeks after planting as well are generally adequate, except in granite, PGMP, and bambara nuts, which may require additional weeding because of their inability to develop canopy cover, just like other legumes. And the biological weed control is manipulating the plant density, internal spacing, and use of mycoherbicides like Coligo. And we also have the chemical weed control and some of the common herbicides that we use for green legumes are methobromurone plus methylacor. Uh, then we move to weed control in legumes and oil seeds. I just have a feeling that we will be asked question on how this weed control on particular type of crops. And I've been quite 
I'm serious that I just deal with notes from each classes, but I'm not sure where I thought all of this. So let's let's just do this weed control in legumes and oil seed. Cowpea and soybean, they are legumes, and they are common among most important legumes crop that is grown in most part of the tropical world. And Nigeria has the largest area devoted to cultivation of these crops, in spite of their high protein content. Cowpea and soybean production has been declining in recent years. Weed, among other factors, has been identified to contribute to the declining yield. Weed control in cowpea. Though cowpea develops a competitive canopy early and it is able to suppress weed growth, uncontrolled weed competition may reduce grain yield to about 30 to 80%. In fact, that's almost crop failure. Weed composition has been a serious problem threatening cowpea production. About 55-57% yield reduction has been attributed to unchecked weeds in Guinea Savannah ecologies of Nigeria. Troublesome weeds in cowpea include Venonia galamensis, Ephorbia etherophylla, and the weed competes with the crop mainly during the first four weeks after planting, uh, the first four to five weeks after planting. And it's the most critical period for weed control. It is therefore necessary to keep the crop free from weeds during this period. Prerequisites for effective weed control in cowpea. One, your choice of site. This is important and can influence weed control. A well-drained soil free from water logging is important for cowpea production. Also, land infested with stubborn and parasitic weeds should be avoided unless they are adequately controlled. The land preparation is the degree of weed competition in crop is no doubt influenced by quality of land preparation that precedes the crop grown. An effective tillage practice will delay the onset of weed competition while a good stand establishment will enhance ability to compete with weed at longer growth period. A good land preparation allows weed to become more desiccated, particularly where there are species like Cynodondactylon, Imperator cylindrica, and the sedges. And also the planting pattern. Adequate planting pattern, which ensures optimum population, is important as this enhances weed suppression. And I think I could relate this to the first questions I was asked in the test. Well, some of you will believe me, some won't. I didn't really do the test, well, sure. Let's make it one of our little secrets. So, methods for controlling these legumes and oil seeds. One, we have whole weeding. This is very old and most employed by traditional poor resource peasant farmers. And in the dry savannah, two old weedings at three and six weeks after planting may be adequate. But where you have sedges and other problem weeds, um, we can add an additional weeding at nine weeks after planting. In the southern rainforest zone, however, at least three old weedings at three, six, and nine may be required. Old weeding has the following disadvantages labor intensive, tedious, and expensive does not guarantee efficiency sometimes causes damage to roots and branches and it's only adapted to small-scale farmers the mechanical cultivation this is um, required in the initial land preparation in form of raging or molding and it is adapted to 
large scale production it is expensive and spare part spare parts are scarce biological weed could it involves manipulating the plant density of plant population and the use of legume cover crops like mokuna purians were of the variety utilis and we can use mulch cover to suppress annual and give crop competitive edge over those weeds the chemical control is generally cowpea is more sensitive to herbicides than most of other green legume crops so <clears throat> various um herbicides have been suggested for using cowpea for the control of common annual weeds the pre-emergence herbicides are used in the first two days of sowing on a well-prepared seed beds with knapsack spray at about 200 to 250 liters per hectare spray liquid. Sometimes one supplementary hole weeding may be required at five or six weeks after planting. Some herbicides for cowpea are Galex, Fluorodifen, Imazacoin, Pendimethaline, and We'll now look at weed control in soybean. I just want to try and com complete all of this weed control under this hole. Should we just break it? Let's break it. Let's break it. Let's break it. So join us in the next segment. So um <clears throat> welcome back. Um we still have about let's say four pages to go. We look at weed control in soybean, weed control in granite, weed control in rubber and to um root and tuber crops, then weed control in fiber crops, weed control in vegetable crop, weed control in pepper, weed control in non-cropped areas. This question was asked in test. So, uh, la 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 la. Focus. So, weed control in soybean <clears throat> yield reduction ranges about twenty-one to sixty-one percent, and weed-free period of forty days is required for optimum yield, particularly during the first four to six weeks after planting. In the savanna, two old weedings at three and six weeks after planting have been suggested like cowpea weed may be managed with whole weeding herbicides and integrated weed management most um, of the herbicide used for cowpea have been found to be promising in soybean and example are metribuzine oxadiazone and fluazifobutyl then the weed control in granite yield reduction resulting from unchecked weed growth in granite has been estimated to be about 70 percent weed competes for sunlight moisture space and nutrients in granite and also interfere with harvesting operation weed control <clears throat> methods of weed control the manual weed control like hand weeding using o hand pulling or hand slashing Mechanical weed control using farm implement like plows, harrows, deploying to ensure that established weeds and their seeds are buried deep in the soil where they get killed. Harrowing helps to destroy the new flush of weeds which might emerge before ridges are made. Mechanical weed control is expensive and requires skill and is only of advantage in large scale. 
and the integrated weed management involves two or more weed control that can be used together simultaneously or consequently i've not seen where it's done simultaneously though weed control in um roots and tuber crops cassava is a major food crop grown in a wide range of agroecological zone it's typically grown by small farmers using traditional method of weed control and it is usually intercropped with other crops. Cassava is susceptible to weed competition. Uncontrolled weed can cause about 75 to 95 yield loss. Cassava is a long duration crop, about 10 to 24 months, and relatively low growing. Weeds such as Cynodon dactylon and Imperator cylindrica are difficult to control in cassava and weeding minimum of two to three o weedings are required before cassava fully develops canopy hand weeding is no longer necessary once crop canopy develops plant density a high plant density is necessary for cassava to develop um, a canopy that will suppress weed growth uh, row and interrow spacing of between 80 and 100 centimeters is ideal depending on cultivar, soil fertility, and rainfall. One O weeding will be required in a plant population about 15,000 plants per hectare, compared with three O weeding for wider spacing. Pre emergence application atrazine and methylacor, flometuron, and diron applied at their recommended rates integrated weed control with low rates of herbicide with one to one to two supplementary whole weeding plus low growing crops have also proved effective weed control in fiber crops full season weed competition causes huge reductions of about 80 percent in cotton and cotton is very susceptible to weed competition during the first four to five weeks after emergence Weed are serious problem in jute, especially when the crop is broadcast sown, and weed infestation can cause reduction about 62 to 99% and cost a uh, reduction in quality of produce, hamper harvesting operations. Uh, it also increases incidence of diseases and pests. The method of weed control in this um, segment is practice good land preparation through plowing, arrowing, and raging. Mechanical weed control through interro cultivation, rotary holes and molding up, chemical weed control as well. Pendimethylene, methylacor, flometuron are used and we also have in jute, we use the MSMA. We move to weed control in vegetable crops that are particular se- particularly sensitive to weed composition because of their slow growth. In tomatoes, hand weeding at three, six, and nine weeks after planting, chemical weed control using metribuzine, weed control in pepper, we have hand weeding about two to three and six to eight weeks after planting, and chemical weed control using the methylacor linurin, then weed control in non-cropped areas. I think we should meet in this next segment for this, and which will be the final podcast for PCP 506. Thank you.
all right ah the last segment weed control in non-cropped areas uh, remember we were asked to list six weed controls in non-cropped area six non-cropped areas and how we control weed in the test i was looking like fish weed control options in landscape includes hand weeding cultivation mowing mulching and use of herbicides i don't mean to break your heart why well all these methods are used at one time or the other in landscape maintenance operations frequent hand removal of weed when they are small and have not yet set seed will rapidly reduce annual weeds a non-selective herbicide like glyphosate may be applied using direct spraying to guide against damage to ornamental plants oxadiazinon and oxyfluorantin can also be used then the roadside and weed estate weed control strip of uh, vegetation by the roadside and around building constitutes roadside weeds and such weeds can be controlled at less cost like regular hand weeding will control most weed by the use of non-selective post emergence herbicides like glyphosate or amitro wow i didn't even read all this i didn't read this particular notes before the test and <clears throat> that is that and that is the end ah i should have just joined it with the that one but that's the end of pcb 506 and you can always think of let me let me see non-cropped areas they have said roadside they have said estate you can write schools you can write else residence we can write residence and estate is quite similar uh where else where are commercial places that we we can find weed maybe recreational centers sports centers how do they control it there in our religious places religious institutions how do we control it there um well, basically, I think I've I've tried. Um, Alright, so up next is SOS five one six as departmental. So my guys, fall in. Best of luck. Mm-hmm.